Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Rainstop Play. This week we are previewing the test series between England and India, as well as chatting some other cricket news, of course. And you know, what's a podcast about the hundred anymore? Um, it's all part of our lives now, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's a full Rainstop Play this week, so let's say hello to the boys. Uh, I'll start with Will. How are you? How's things? You know, fill us in. I'm very well. I'm I'm actually currently eating some uh, Welsh fire hula hoops. Um, ah, so I've, I've 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 defected somewhat on my team there. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. no, that's a perfect little segue. There has been a U-turn on the podcast, dear listeners. Will, tell us all. You're no longer a London Spirit fan, right? You're you're now a full Oval Invincible. Yes. Well, we had this conversation in our preview. Glenn gave me a lot of grief um, for living about 15 minutes away from the Oval and not supporting the Oval Invincibles. For which my my reasoning, I think, was sound, which is that the men's team is basically sorry, and I hate them. That's fine. Um, That's absolutely as, fine. As it's turned out in the first week, although that remains true, and I, I still find it difficult to watch Over Invincibles men, my heart has not found its home in London Spirit, um, and I have been to see the Over Women, so I'm quite enjoying them at the moment. So I've had a little bit of a U-turn there. Good. That's okay. And I I do like the Over Invincibles women's team. I think the two South African ladies are awesome. And actually, uh, Van Niekerk's on commentary for this game. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but she's been fantastic at that. Um, on Bur- my Birmingham Phoenix news, I, I saw Izzy Wong in an orange Panama hat and thought, that's a bit of me. Ordered one. Uh, £29 sterling. You can see where the 100 to get in their cash from. We can come on to this in a minute, actually. Uh, it's still not arrived yet. I'm going to the game on Sunday um, against our local rivals, Trent Rocket. So if that doesn't arrive for that, I'm having a full refund because where else am I going to wear it? Maybe the golf course, but I might get kicked out if I wear that at the golf course. Glenn and um, I thought 50 quid for a shirt was a bit steep. You stumped up 30 on a little hat. 30 for a hat. It's, it's got, it's, it's a Panama hat though. You know, it's, it's the height of fashion. It's got a little sort of drawstring that you can sort of tighten around your neck. Yeah, 29 quid. I know, I know. Um, this was introductions. Let's go to Glenn. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're reading from the fact I cost 29 quid, aren't you? I was, just, I was just thinking what would happen if I stepped out in America in two days wearing that hat. <laughs> would someone no, shoot me on arrival? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, uh, especially in where, Iowa, maybe. Uh, hello, Glenn. Uh, Zach, how are you? Cricket cricket this week? I was just taking the piss out of your runs, but did you make some this week? No, I, I actually haven't played cricket since we last spoke. Oh, that's a shame. shame. Yeah, there's been some, been some weather around and they've... Uh, you know, not many fixtures going on. Every, yeah, everything I, stops at the hundred, even club exactly, cricket. You must stop exactly. to the hundred. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, let's get into some news. And should we should we start with the hundred? That's on the top of everyone's sort of agenda at the minute, isn't it? Uh, Glenn and Will did an awesome podcast review in the first game and the the, the start of the inaugural hundred match. Um, but we're a week and a bit in now. Um, you know, we've watched a lot of it. Uh, Zach, I want to hear your thoughts. We haven't spoken to you since the hundred began. Are you enjoying it? Um, you know, let's just talk about the cricket for the start. We can come into the discourse in a bit. But 
you know, what what are your initial thoughts on the hundred? I, I I'm not fully convinced either way. I don't mm-hmm. hate it. I we don't love, love it. I'm massively going to sit on the fence here because the women's games have been really good following the narrative of them, which is something you aren't able to do. And it's something we said off, off air that all of them being on TV means you can follow the narratives. Some of the narratives continue from the women's game to the men's games with the, I think there was a gate, there was games at Trent Bridge the other day where the pitch was really slow and turning and you could see that from the women's game and it carried on and but that's not, I don't think that's what the 100 organisers would want because it was a low-scoring thriller, which new new fans of the game aren't going to enjoy. You, you think about Trent Bridge, you want, you know, 180 plays 180. If, I think that would probably be quite a good score. Ooh, look, yeah, you're, you're talking about good 100 scores now. There we go, we're getting there. Yeah, exactly, we're getting there. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced on the graphics. I don't think they look good. I... I re- what I the, my least favorite thing. So my, I think I would say, arguably, my favorite thing in cricket is um, ball tracking on a for an LBW review. Favorite thing in cricket. Wow, that's your favorite. Can we just can we just stop there? That is Zach's favorite thing in cricket. <laughs> think of all the things that happen in cricket, and Zach's favorite thing is ball tracking. Ball tracking. Okay. Yeah, love a bit of ball tracking. And <laughs> just carry straight on. Ruined it. <laughs> I feel like they've kind of ruined it with their ball tracking graphic because it just. It doesn't show you the, obviously it's to try and simplify it. It shows you umpire's decision, third umpire's decision, and then overall decision rather than pitching outside off, impact in line. This is a conversation for for many, many more pints deep than we currently are, which is obviously zero because it's a, a Thursday afternoon. Um, okay, Zach, yeah. Zach, does, <laughs> Zach loves ball. I love how you gave no reasoning why you love ball tracking. You just, you just motored on just through that. just love it, yeah. Um, okay, I think I agree with you on most of the terms of the hundred. I've loved it to be honest. I think I think me and Glenn, I think all of us slightly agree that the men's we don't quite know what it's doing yet, why it exists. The one thing I do love, and Zach mentioned it, is every game's televised. And I think NASA was talking about this during one of the rain delays this week on Sky, saying with the blast, nine games will happen at once. Sky will pick one of the games to go to, you know kind of and it might be the one that doesn't have the result you know you might have 220 plays 220 at, at Trent Bridge one night and and they've missed that so and people are asking oh, why didn't you televise that but they can't, obviously can't control that whereas with this it's every game on its own a standalone piece every night every ball matters as they say so I've been loving that from the, from the men's game I think it's been a bit of a shame this week is because they kind of were meant to have a few of the derbies like it was meant to be Manchester versus Leeds last night and it all got rained off. I think that would have been quite a good touch test for how well the crowds are kind of enjoying it because I, I presume it was a pretty busy crowd. Like I know a friend of mine was, was meant to be going to it and you know he, he did go but didn't see any cricket. And it, I think it would have been quite good to see how much the Manchester fans would have maybe been giving it to the Leeds fans like Lancashire would be to Yorkshire. I, but it's a shame that that's not happened. I know you've got your big rivalry on the weekend, Dan. Yeah, can't wait of, for that. Yeah. Well, I went to get the, the bronze tickets because I'm a tight ass, and they actually sold out about a week ago, so I had to go over to silver, an extra nine pounds. Uh, so, yeah, so that Ooh. hurt, obviously. I don't think you're a tight ass if you spend the best part of 50 quid on a green hat, mate. So you, you spent more. <laughs> I'm happy spent... to spend it on merch, Dan, just not tickets. <laughs> you've still spent more on your ticket than you have on... You still spend more on your hat Less, than you have on your yeah, ticket. More on the yeah. hat than the actual ticket more itself. Hat, yeah. How about that? that? That's obviously their business plan. Uh, and Will, you were saying the London derby sold out. So, you know, there's something going on there. I think that brings on to my next enjoyment of the 100 is how much the home fans, like, love their home team. Like, these teams didn't exist a week ago. But, you know, if the Manchester Regionals got a wicket at Edgebass and there was dead silence, you, you don't get that. You often get in county games, like, there'll be some travelling fans from London. So I've enjoyed that. The women's games are so well attended. Um, their cumulative figures for attendance have already been double what the KSL got in total in 2019. So they've already doubled their cumulative attendance. So that's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's all good. But Will and Glenn, you know, you're you're a week into it now as well. We heard your first opinions after that first game, which was awesome. Will went slightly viral in rainstop play terms. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a week in, Will. Still enjoying it, you know. Any more teething problems coming out of it, or you can't start to see the mind out, you know? Where are you at? I don't think they've they've either resolved problems 
or run into any new ones. I think it's slightly flattened where you're maybe a bit giddy after the first, you know, couple of games. New tournament is always good fun. Now, it, you know, it is basically like watching a a new T20 tournament. That's what we all kind of keep saying. Glenn and I have sort of this slowly developing working theory from the previous pod that basically the women's is well worth watching. The men's doesn't really need to exist. Yeah. Um, having said that, one of my favourite games so far was the uh, Northern Superchargers against Trent Rockets, mm. mainly because Ben Stokes and Alex Hales were beefing the entire time. Stokes was getting it. a lot of abuse off the crowd. Yeah. And there was that brilliant moment where I don't even know. Someone came onto the pitch. It was all a bit of a confusion. Stokes really heavily demanded that a ball <laughs> was re-bowled by Ola Rashid, uh, which was duly smacked for six. And Stokes should have caught it, let it straight through his hands and out the boundary, for which he did get some abuse off the home fans, which, to your point about atmosphere, we like to see. That shows they care. And and the looks that those two were giving each other were not friendly. Um, so it's it's good to see there's some competitive spirit there. Um, but overall, the, the, the weird thing that I'm finding about it is I stick it on quite a lot and watch a lot of the games and it's perfectly enjoyable and there's probably been more competitive exciting cricket than lots of people expected by this point but the thing that I'm not doing and maybe we will as more games go on and we get, get closer to the finals but I'm, I don't really have any sense of who's really good who's not very good who's top of the table like I don't really care I, I'm not clocking into the macro side of things yet I'm just watching the game and kind of enjoying it but I'm not really going with it as a competition. I'm with you on that, and I, but I still think that will take a couple of seasons to get an idea. It depends how much sort of different drafting occurs. It's definitely tricky at the minute, isn't it? I think we're all still trying to find our feet. The only other thing I want to say quickly before we move on from my hundred thoughts is Southern Brave are terrible at they're making the tu- decisions. They're the, t- they're, the, they're the turkey. <laughs> they're, the, they're the turkey of this. Like you know, everyone's... The whipping men and women of the <laughs> yeah. tournament. T- turkey with the dark horses of the Euros. Southern Brave was everyone's pick and they're rubbish. I'm sorry, I've just looked at the men's table and uh, fifth, Dan's team, Birmingham Phoenix. Sixth, my team, Northern Superchargers. Seventh, Will's original team, <laughs> <laughs> London Spirit. Eighth, Southern Brave, Glenn's oh. team. Glory hunter. Will's the glory hunter out of those. So we're terrible. Classic rain stop play. Oh, I mean, the Oval Invisibles are then fourth, so we're not doing very well. Um, Glenn, any any more on the 100? I think, you know, we we chat in our group chat a lot and we have very similar opinions on this, but anything you want to kind of chime in about a week into the 100 that's that's changed for you or not changed? Well, I do want to say that the Southern Brave women are second in their table, so they're they're picking up the slack from the men who have been extremely disappointing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to say. We're kind of in this um, this purgatory where we've kind of said it all, but then there's more to say than we haven't. I, I never really know where to start with 100 stuff because, yeah, as Will said, I pretty much agree with everything he just mentioned. Like, I think the it's a brilliant for women's cricket. I mean, those figures you mentioned just a couple of seconds ago, Dan, are really impressive. We've had, obviously, record high uh, turnouts across the world for women's cricket so far. Um, I I'm still I still think the fundamental success of the hundred and you've said it so far this episode yourself, Dan, is putting cricket on TV and making it accessible. I still don't think this is fixing anything that putting I, I agree with the fixture. I, I, I think it's a really good point. And um, when you made earlier about like you can follow it game by game. I agree with that. But sticking more regular cricket, even uh, counties, uh, obviously. Um, on BBC, I think that would have helped with a lot, a lot of the success of the hundred. Really, is just giving people cricket. I what well, I have enjoyed the the, the game that you mentioned, um, Will, really was um, excellent entertainment. But again, part of my concern about where the tournament goes from here, the highlight for me, as we all know, I'm just the pod's more English centric commentator. That is. <laughs> where my knowledge lies and i've really enjoyed seeing stokes and bearstow face off um seeing stokes and root face off um seeing all these all the you know the 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 core of the england team hails you know the the forgotten man the man who's been pushed out of the side doing bits in this tournament i mean that's been absolutely fantastic but at the same time they're all going to go now you know obviously this big test squad is moving on 
Johnny Bairstow, who in terms of performance and personality has been probably my highlight performer. Um, he, he's had some really chirpy interviews. He's clearly a funny man. He enjoys his cricket. I have been slightly puzzled on a slight side note about why he isn't playing at home. I'm still puzzled about the allocation of players and even watching it. It makes even less sense because he's having loads of banter, you know, playing at his home ground, but he's playing for the opposition. And wouldn't it frankly be better if he was the local boy playing for them? But that's another note. But the fact being that these England players are obviously joining the test squad now, they've already left. A lot of my enjoyment, and yeah, there's been standout players, there's been some international players I haven't seen in a while. It's always nice to see the cream of what is basically the cream of T20 cricket playing together. Even with COVID restrictions, we've had a lot of quality. I mean, it's extraordinary for me as a Somerset fan that Marshall De Langer is, a, I think, still the leading wicket taker. He was like, he was like the third fill-in pick. He was a replacement <laughs> for the replacement, and he's blown the tournament apart. And I, you know, little narratives like that I've enjoyed. And what I've been surprised about is I, I think the hundred ball format, you know, as, a, as a technical format, has been fine. I thought I'd just really hate it, and it's been okay. Things that haven't been great. Graphics have been horrific. Really, I, really bad. Do you can like I pull, Can I pull you? But yeah, can I pull you both up on that actually? Because Zach mentioned it, and I was going to come on to it when she's done, Glenn. But they're fine. They're, they're, oh, no. oh, they're no. just numbers on a screen, man. Oh. I mean, I I like how they go up and down. That's I mean, I'm I'm a simple man of simple pleasures. Seeing <laughs> seeing the screen change like that's huge for me. Um, yeah, I'm okay with them. Go on. I mean, why why don't you like them? I know they're a bit. They're a little garish. bit garish. They're just oh, yeah, yeah, wow. Jinx. That's yeah. <laughs> Maybe I like garish things more than you, Glenn. Um, they are a bit garish, to be fair. I, for me, it doesn't quite like just just the way it's on the screen. It doesn't doesn't quite make sense in my head. Again, this you know it might be better for for people introducing cricket, but some of just the graphic. What really gets me is you know the the kind of ones that are in between the first and second innings. It's like just a background of black. It's like a broken PowerPoint. It's like someone's PowerPoint hasn't worked yet. And you've plugged in the USB and you're like jamming it in and that's how it looks. It looks absolutely It's, weird, it's weirdly framed, isn't it, when when the chasing team starts because they start all the way up. That that I agree. I, and I, I just said I quite like the fact it goes up and down, but that is an issue, isn't it? It is weird. And the sort of there is a bit too much plain black in place. They've gone for this kind of minimalist feel, but it, I mean, it's a bit strange. However, it has to be said that given the conversation we were all ha- having about the 100, two years ago or even two weeks ago if the ecb were listening to this they'd be very very pleased that our yeah, main gripe point. seems to be the graphic quality great point especially after that chat we had a couple of weeks ago and one more thing kevin peterson should not be allowed near a no. microphone i mean he no. is genuinely and i'm i i, I you know he's, i'm really i'm more speechless i'm sorry he's <laughs> ruining games for me i put it on mute i turn off the sound He's like an eight-year-old who's just stuffed his face with Mars and is trying to explain cricket to his grandma. It is just pathetic, and he's so intensely annoying. And I think that's a cricket community thing. Twitter despises him, from what I can tell, as much as us. I can't believe he's got a contract. Got I thought I they were better than that. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised the IPL get him, just because I think like he, he might. Indian fans might like him because they've not had to put up with him for so long, especially playing for their national team. So yeah. That isn't another gripe. Again, probably a good gripe for the ECB to have if we if that's our main issue now. It's a good it's one they can get get rid of easy. And if we're talking about the broadcasters, we have to credit our favourite Dinesh Kartik and also weirdly Darren Sammy. Very good. Oh, huge. What what game was it the other night where he said just hit it, man? He just yelled at him just to hit it. Now that's the kind of commentary I need. And I feel you know who I feel for is is Nas and Athers who really want to get into the analytics and the the technique of it and are obviously being like pulled back like a like a bad dog by Sky saying no, do not talk about grip. <laughs> it's quite funny hearing them still talk in terms of we mentioned this we mentioned on a prior pod, but in terms of overs and the lack of stats is quite an interesting thing. This isn't obviously a criticism, but the fact there is no reference point for this tournament itself being the first year, they have to kind of pull out 2020 stats and they kind of can't. So I you you can sense the commentators kind of floundering for comparison points because obviously we know cricket's a game it's a very stats heavy game. That's why we all love it so much. And it's quite interesting to see them struggle with that and to try and like not compare it to T20, but what else can they do? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. That they're not showing someone's any any records or anything when someone comes in, because even in the T10, which obviously is a very, it's another rogue format that not many people play. In that, when a batsman comes in, they will show someone's T20 record. Yeah, yeah. To kind of give a bit of context of who they are. And I, I really thought they were going to do that. And I can understand that some of those stats... Are what they're trying to 
you know, it, it might alienate some people. You know, new people could. I, I don't know. I don't actually think. I don't necessarily think it would alienate people. I think the ECB seem to think that too many numbers is going to alienate this new audience they want, basically, and that's why they've gotten rid of the overs, and so they've decided an average wouldn't make any sense to anyone. But it doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense to people. I, I, I don't think the game. You know, the coverage isn't lacking for lack of stats for me. I find it quite fairly refreshing, actually. Even as a, you know, quite a fan of the game. Obviously, I watch a lot of it, so it, it is nice to not have that. Um, mate, we could do a whole special on this. I want to come. With, <laughs> I want to say two more really quick points. Uh, why aren't the pitches all roads? They should all be roads. It yes. should be one eighty yes. one eighty. That yes. that wicket. It, uh, Old Trafford was it, or was it at Trent Bridge? Old where Al- everyone started both, moaning. Both. On- yeah, where everyone started moaning um, on Twitter, even the players. That was really annoying. And yeah, how are you supposed to get this new audience in that you keep raving about when you have absolute horror shows like that? It was quite funny seeing all the commentators saying, keep the spinners on, keep the spinners on. Yeah. And they were just bowling spinner after spinner after spinner. And they could not, the batting team could not get it off the off the wicket. And it was just aesthetically, it just was not entertaining. I was like, we we all thought it. this is the opposite end of the spectrum. This is more test cricket. It's slow and you're enjoying and every wicket matters. This really is smack it out of the park, obviously Hales style. And the wicket was so bad that even Hales was in a negative run rate. That's how bad the wicket was. That was one of his best, like 30 or 35. Oh, I think stunning. he was like, he was, he was amazed that he even got that far. It was an amazing knock. So he yeah. He the game. Absolutely. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And I think... You know, you don't take spin out of the game, but that that was too far on the other side. We'll, yep. we'll see how they go. I mean, they plan to use wickets; their own fault. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it could have been a whole special. But we're enjoying it. Listen, we're talking about it. We have passion about it, and I can't wait to go watch the Phoenix play. We're right behind them. Hopefully, hopefully, in my hat, of course, I'll send a picture to the Twitter. Have you, have you got any hate figures yet, Dan? You're you're famous on the podcast now for these sort of players or teams that you take against within the within the league. Uh, the teams, I'm I'm neutral on all the teams. Um, players, nobody yet, mate. I'm not. I've not developed it. Yet. I've not watched for a couple of days because I've been away. But surely, surely you hate the Rockets with their captain Lewis Gregory, and and they're our local team. I should hate them. No, I, I, Lewis Gregory had a really nice couple of weeks in my books. He's back <laughs> off my shit list. He's like he's in now. I think maybe I can't. I can't develop a hate over Trent. I can't because I, I, that's that's been made up. And one final point, which I'd love to see changed. Been off Trent for Nottingham, call it Nottingham Rockets. Been off Northern for Leeds. It's really, I don't know we spoke about this before, but that's, that's winding me up. But yeah, nobody yet will, but I'll, I'll let you know. I'm sure one of the Trent players will piss me off on Sunday if I've had a couple of, you know, orange juices. Um, right, let's do more news before we run to the, the, the Test Series preview. Uh, Glenn, you went to the most talked about tournament of, in the country that isn't the 100, which is, of course, the Royal London One Day Cup. You went to watch, what, Somerset Derby? I did. In a very full Taunton, a very busy Taunton. Um, yeah. Talk us through your experience there quickly. And then Somerset had a result last night as well. It was interesting. And then they fell out with um, just the BBC. They just fell out with the BBC. Nothing, no, no, no biggie. What's yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll rattle through it quick because I know we've got a lot to talk about. But yeah, no, I, so I went to the Royal London One Day Cup game, uh, Somerset versus Derbyshire. It was really enjoyable. It was a day nighter. So it started at two, finished about half nine, went the distance. Um, Derby got 298 all out, which was actually really competitive because they had a really rough start. They lost a couple of early wickets. Um, and Hudson Prentice hadn't heard of him before, hit a really nice 93. And they just kept kind of picking up runs. Um, Ravi Rampal, absolute classic player, number 11, came in and absolutely spanked 25 of just 11 balls with three sixes that really pushed the momentum towards Derby, we thought. Um, and then Somerset did manage to chase it down. It took them 48 overs, so we had a lot of tension. It's one of those games where you always thought they were in the driving seat, but you were never quite certain. Um, and James Hildreth um, hit his... He, I mean, we saw him. A couple of members of the pod saw him hit 100, hit 100 at the Oval just a couple of weeks ago, and he hit another 100 here. So he's just showing, you know, he's quite old now, but he's showing his quality in this tournament. 110, despite being injured, he, he got severe cramp and almost had to go off um, as he was approaching his 100, and he managed to bring it up with a six. He had 94 and then obviously just teed off, had a runner. I will say, just as a, as a technical thing, it's so weird watching cricket with a runner. I haven't done it in a while. I'm sure some form of the game has actually banned it. Um, and it's just chaos because <laughs> Hill just kept running. He kept forgetting he had a runner and smacking it and running. They're like, please, can you stop? I, I actually was a runner for someone a couple of weeks ago and I got a seven. 
because we ran a two and then the wicketkeeper threw it into his own helmet. So we've got a five minute oh, Wow. That is neat. It was so village. <laughs> That's class. A seven. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so that was great. And then just the atmosphere was it was fantastic. It was um, obviously, we, we you know, with the restrictions being lifted, we managed to get everyone in. A um, couple of thousand there had a T20 atmosphere for basically the entire game. I, I was blown away. I, I put a few videos in the chat and I remember Dan couldn't believe it. Was that because um, it was a cider festival, though, which sounds like, a, you know, the southwest version of... Uh, I was going to say the southwest version of Glastonbury, but that's obviously in the southwest. Um, I don't know. Carnival. It was basically our Reading and Leeds is, <laughs> is what it was. And what I loved about it is, um, I put this in the chat, it was probably about 10 overs left. It must have been about 8, 8 o'clock. And they announced a flash sale at the at the festival. It was four pints for tenner, two uh, two eighty each. And everyone, fast, you could hear the seats just snap back as they announced it. They had a big graphic on the big screen as well. All the blokes around me dipped out. <laughs> Uh, it was Probably great. The didn't leave the field for a bit. Just <laughs> yeah, for a little tipple. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drinks break. It was a genuine drinks break. <laughs> and yeah, it was fantastic. They were singing. Um, the the two Derby um, players in front of me got absolutely heckled all game. Uh, one, uh, they told him after some really poor bowling that he was going to be wearing the yellow bib the next game, and he looked really sad, which I found hilarious. I it was it was just so much better. I was expecting as we've kind of it's been built up to be this tournament. It's just like you know the second rate team with a couple of hundred there. It was no different experience, if if not better, than seeing the normal first Somerset team play in this competition about three years prior when I last saw it. So really blown away by that. Great experience. And there's only 500 tickets for their next home game, um, which is on Sunday against Yorkshire. So they've almost sold that out. So I think what we're seeing isn't is basically the 100 isn't necessarily, from, from my very small sample size, affecting um, turnout at these um, Royal London games. Basically, because of restrictions, we haven't seen live sport in a year and a half. If you want to go see the 100, you're going to go. If you want to see Somerset, you're going to go. And I think it's really interesting that fans just want to see cricket. I and mean, that is basically my takeaway from this. Anyway, moving swiftly on, because I don't want to talk too much about this, but there was an absolute thrilling game, um, Somerset against Morgan, uh, yesterday. Uh, which uh, was reduced to about 37 overs. Um, Somerset set a competitive-ish 180 for seven. Innings never really got going. It went to the last ball of the final over of the game. Ridiculous when you think, you know, 37 overs is still basically T two T20s mixed uh, mixed together. Uh, the, the final ball, Glamorgan needed a six to win, an unlikely five to draw. And uh, they hit a four. So they still hit a boundary. It nearly went for six. It bounced just in front of the boundary. And we just had the final five overs was just pure tension because Glamorgan, they'd get a four or, you know, they'd get a couple of boundaries and they'd lose a wicket. And I think that's basically as close a game as you can have. Yeah, we had at one point, Ben Green went for 13 in one over. And then it was like, oh, now they need 24 in in the last five overs and then Sonny Baker bowled a wicket maiden and it was just every over it was going Somerset going to win, Glamorgan going to win, Somerset going to win, Glamorgan and for the whole thing I thought yeah Glamorgan is still going to win this but Somerset got over the line. No it was stunning stuff it was stunning stuff and then the drama started um, so. <laughs> a bit of Twitter beef this is what we love. A bit of Twitter see. beef and it's a shame that it's I've got I've got the screenshots here I can pull up because it ha- the beef has been deleted so it's harder to discuss when it's gone. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Uh, you've got the receipts, Ken. You've got the receipts. Oh, That's the important thing. You know, I always, I always bring them. And um, basically, uh, someone chirpy on the Somerset uh, Twitter basically posted oh, half an hour after the game. It's hard to say. Just after the game had finished, they basically put a screenshot of the BBC Sport website. And I've got the tweet here. Surely worth a mention somewhere at BBC Sport because it was just the, the, the front page was just the, the 100 being rained off. And then honestly, about eight hundred related stories that were just old highlights and you you could see what they were getting at with that i can understand why they're kind of jokingly ribbing them like that isn't the worst thing ever um bbc workers writers producers did not see it that way and basically piled onto the tweet uh member bbc called it a garbage tweet uh he said we're to shit on the only people that cover your matches and to stoke the flames of a bashing a competition you voted into existence so calling out somerset there um charlie taylor who's the um Who's the uh, who commentates on on Somerset games? He t- almost took this attack personally. He tweeted on his per- he replied to the main tweet, said he was fuming, uh, said it was such a bad take in so many ways, telling myself it's just a stinker of a joke. 
Uh, Sam's Moorhead, another, uh, you know, I think he might be TMS, another BBC. Um, no, he's, uh, he's the cricketer on 980. Cricketer. Oh, yeah. That's another whole publication that has got stuck in. Well, this is incredible. Yeah, so he said, we got Reporters Network copy at 6.48. Our report went live at 7.03. At 7.24, Reporters Network quotes came through, and this tweet was published at 7.25. This criticism is just plain strange. Um, and then Charlie Taylor, the BBC guy, said the report was you know, online by 7.35. So basically, there was just a pile on. Um, and, you know, obviously, if we could, we would we would retweet on the account. But yeah, so basically, Somerset have made a joke about the BBC putting this fantastic tense game on their website. And the BBC, uh, they also, they pointed out quite rightly that they had been covering the game. Um, they had a test... Uh, the, it was um, on Five Live Sports Extra, wasn't it? That's they had it, a that's whole, it. The whole radio coverage. They took a whole radio yeah, station so, uh, they, to do uh, it. We'll move on in two seconds, but there's still there's a little bit of context to that as well. So they were actually only going to commentate. They'd have it all online, but they're only going to put it on that station for the first few hours until the hundred started. So it's only the fact that the hundred did get washed out that it remained on that channel and wasn't yeah. just you know relegated back. But when you look at it, I mean, the fact is they were on the radio. There was a decent report. If they had just held off the tweet for a little longer, I can see where they're coming from. And what was really interesting, Dan, is that it split you know, commentators and fans, it really split them. The BBC came out en masse and basically said this is garbage. But fans of, of clubs, not just Somerset, piled in and it was probably a 50-50 split on whether this was an okay tweet or this was well, just stoking trouble. Is is the Somerset account like one of them like funny accounts that's like representing a major club? You know how you get a football one? I think some of the German clubs, English accounts, for example, football clubs are quite, quite bantery, aren't they? They try. Are they, are they like that most of the time or do they kind of, does it depend on what's going on? They, they are a bit, yes, but also generally the Somerset Twitter account is just, it's just really well run, I would say. It, it's yeah. pretty, it's generally really well run. They're the mo- I think they're the most followed county on Twitter of any of the counties, which is, you know, for some tiny little county that the ECB wants to get rid of, it's pretty good. It's always a conspiracy theory, isn't there, Zach? Always a conspiracy theory against Somerset. Um, right, we must move on. We must move on. There was going to be time to chat about other things, but there isn't now. So uh, the West Indies and Pakistan are playing each other, if that interests you. Four T20s and two tests. Uh, Australia are now in Bangladesh playing five T20s. Uh, India are playing Sri Lanka. At the, at, and at the minute, Will, don't know if you've got this in front of you, but India are 63 for eight in a T20. Yeah, have some of that. Yeah. And we will get it's... to talk about India now. But what's going on there? Actually, Will, quickly, let's let's do India-Sri Lanka. That's like India's obviously second team, isn't it? But some top-rate ODI and T20 players. Where are we in the series there? I'll do this quickly because it has gone horribly wrong, as you've just alluded to. So That's... not only are they, whatever it is, 63 for seven at the moment. Eight. 63, oh, 63 for eight now. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, not only 63 for eight. That is, that's after 16.4 overs. So they're basically, they're done. Right. They're going to um, less than fours. <laughs> life, life win probability currently has India at 1%, which is probably generous. Um, <laughs> but so, so for context, this is the third T20. They've done three ODIs, which India won 2-1. This is the, uh, now this is the third uh, T20, which had been tied at 1-1 before today. So it looks like Sri Lanka are going to take that series. In the big picture perspective of this, as we've said on previous pods, for some reason, India have decided to send one team to England to play the test and a completely different 11 off to Sri Lanka to play the short format games, which actually basically works when we've looked at the players. It's pretty much an IPL All-Star 11. You've got people like Ishan Kishan in there, Prithvi Shaw trying to redeem himself, Surya Kumar Yadav. So it's all good. Um, slight disaster. Bunch of them got COVID. Um, double disaster. Two of them that are now self-isolating, Prithvi Shaw and Surya Kumar, are two of the players who are supposed to come to England to replace injuries in the test squad. Oh, so, I didn't. I see. I didn't know that, and that might have to alter my India eleven, which will be coming up very shortly. There's a spoiler for you. Exactly. So that is a slight problem, um, which 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 led us to say in the group chat the other day that the India squad against England is about four COVID cases away from getting Dinesh Kartik down from the commentary booth because <laughs> it is getting thin on the ground. Um, so, yeah, the, the upshot of all of that being that this is the longest tail I think I've ever seen in a cricket side. You've got uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who is just a bowler. This is not a bowling all-rounder in any sense of the term. He's probably a number nine or ten. He's coming in at six and not looking good for it. Uh, and in, in all of those T20s, he has been required. <laughs> so, wow. That is a long, flaccid tail, if you will. That's that's pretty weak. 
Hey, he scored 16 from 32 today, so you know he's at least got oh. a few runs on the board. He's currently top oh. scorer. Yeah, booby. <laughs> we love it. Yes, yes, Last thing I want to say. Last thing I want to say on that on that series is a, a lot of subplots from the uh, from the ODIs. One being Pritvi Shaw has actually batted very well, so it's a shame that he might miss the England games because he he may have come back into that eleven. But really happily, mainly because all the other bowlers have dropped like flies. But Rajasthan Royals' own Chitan Sakaria seems to have turned into the death bowler for the Indian national side, which is lovely. So well done him. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, at least there's something, Will. I love the spin. That's a glass half full India fan right there. Uh, well done. So let's come on to the test matches then. Um, five test matches this late into the summer, by the way. They should have started by now if it wasn't for a tournament, I think. Um, five test matches. The first starts on Wednesday, the 4th at Nottingham. And it'll be wrapped up uh, on Friday, the 10th of September, starting in Manchester for the fifth test. Uh, where are we visiting? No Edge Baston. That's really annoying. Knotts, Lords, Leeds, the Oval and Manchester. There'll be nothing after that. We'll all fly off to go play some T20 cricket somewhere. So let's get stuck into it, boys. This is bringing flashbacks for me to that series in February uh, in India with Rishi Passad and Alistair Cook um, hosting it on in those tiny chairs in the Channel 4 studio. I don't remember that. Um, and Axar Patel. So, you know, I might have some flashbacks during this little preview. Uh, let's start with England, of course, obviously. Where else? Should we just get straight stuck into what our 11s will be, boys? I think that's the best way to start this sort of conversation. Uh, there is, I believe, an 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 man squad that was announced for the first two test matches. So that obviously is subject to change for the third, fourth, and fifth. Um, I hate my 11. This is the one I think the ECB will go for. I know Zach's got one that he'd like, but I hate it. And there's 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 something not quite right about it. I think mostly the top three. Um, so for the first test that starts on Wednesday, I would have Sibley, Burns, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Butler, Curran, Robinson, Leach, Broad, Anderson. Now, my one caveat to that is Ollie Pope's fitness. Now, he's in the squad, so I presume he's fit. Then the other option would be to put Pope in at six, move Butler down to seven, and stick with your, your three seamers, Stokes and Leach. So is Pope fit? Zach, your hands up. I think no. I think he's not fit, but I think there's a chance he'll be fit for the second test. Right, because he's it not playing for Welsh Fire, is he? So no, no, no. Like, he's not. Fit. He's not fit. Uh, I think okay, it, when good. it was announced he was brought not into good. the squad, it was that he's not going to be fit for the first test. Yeah, bit weird. The only thing I've gone for is I didn't think they were going to play Curran. He's in my I want to. I want him team. He's in my I want team. <laughs> I want. No, that's team. fine. But I've but, got, so, so I've got Lawrence you, what, what, six. So you're having Lawrence at six and Butler at seven. Obviously, the difference with the squads or the 11s we're going to be talking about now is that Stokes is back in. So we haven't got to have this issue. The current Wokes position was something we were missing in those two New Zealand test matches, but we've got back now. But I've gone for that as well as Stokes. Um, I don't think we need the extra batsman. Yeah, I like it. In my, in my team that I want to see, I've got Curran at seven. Yeah, I've got I've got Curran, Robinson, Broad, and Anderson all playing, and Stokes. Yeah, good. I think we're on the same page, Zach. I like yeah. it. Um, anything else going or will to say to that? I think this like Robinson's obviously been called back, which is which is you know he served his ban. That's all uh, water under the bridge now. It seems, hopefully. Um, Mark Woods, the only other paceman that could come in. I don't know. If he'll, he'll probably get a game only in, in a five test match series, but I, I doubt they'll start with him. And then obviously there's the reintroduction of a spinner to the 11, which we which we missed out on so much for the New Zealand Test matches. So, yeah, I did have Mark Wood in my 11. I wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, fixated on having him in there. Uh, I would happily have Robinson in his place. Um, I did have Hamid opening, though. So um, yeah. Sorry, Glenn, who's, who's batting at eight? I didn't really do that. Uh, it looked a bit bad. <laughs> exactly. This is not really forgotten where Cody played for India. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got we've got a tale of yeah, a tale of four number elevens there. I yeah, think it would be piece. Leach at eight, wouldn't it? It would be Leach. Yeah. No, probably Wood at eight. Well, Wood can bat Zach. I think I think you're giving Wood. He had that nice oh, little knock against Susie. I, I think I think you've won me over again. I wasn't gonna die on the. The, uh, the Markwood Hill. Uh, okay, Robinson in for Wood. Yeah, well, I mean, I had basically the same as you, mate. I just reckon give Hamid. Hamid's on absolute fire. Get him in the team. I mean, he's exciting. He's informed. Play him. Let's talk about that. And the only reason he's not in yet is the way England do things in so much as 
Burns has enough credit to stay in the team, obviously. It would be Sibley, right? I think we're agreeing that he would be yeah. the one to get the, get the axe. They don't seem to do that at the start of a series. They love to react to it when we're 2-0 down. So I just suspect they'll do that again. But I agree, Hamid should should at least get a test match again. Yeah, he's he's in my he's in my uh, 11 I want to see. Okay. I want to see Hamid. But again, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think they will pick him because of the exact reasons you've stated. I would worry... I would also worry that it would be classic ECB for them to pick him, him be bad in one test, and then him be confined to two more years of uh, of county cricket before he gets another go. Go on, Glenn. Yeah, just looking at Sibley, I was really intrigued to see Sibley's recent records. I mean, it's not great. I've got he's played a couple of games for the um, for Warwickshire second eleven uh, recently. So I'll go in scores. Testing conditions. Yeah, three sixteen two thirty one. It's not particularly nice. uh, good stuff, is it? It's it's so negative with the ECB to go, I'm presuming they're going to do this, but it feels like they're going to go, right, let's wait for one of them to screw up and then replace him, as opposed to bring in the informed man. Do you know what I mean? That, like, I think we're all secretly, we want Hamid in, not secretly, openly. We just want one of those top two to fail so we see him. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I agree. Just look at his most recent matches, Sibley. So you got a duck on his return to first class cricket um on the 4th of july but he did pick it up um game against worcestershire he got 80 and 41 which will obviously be the innings he keeps in his mind which is to you know you not set the world alight there but at least it's two scores on the board but i mean yeah i think i would i'd be proactive instead of reactive as you rightly yeah. pointed out dan and just get get hamid and again he, hamid might still have some you know worries and a different mindset at international level we've seen that countless times but the man's on fire and he has got that experience for better or worse he knows how it feels to be in this kind of arena of test cricket so and again i'm not trying to say throw out sibley he's not good enough i'm not really saying that i'm just saying pick an informed batsman who's exciting yeah, yeah. agreed yeah we're not we're not trying to pile on sibley here because yeah he has had some really important knocks for england absolutely he has. and I, I i do like it when he opens shuts up shop, but then someone around him is playing a little bit. You know, that yeah. his last time he shut up shop, Root decided to join him, which wasn't great. But when, when he's that real anchor role, I think it was in uh, the test against the West Indies or Pakistan this last year, he did that, which I really liked. So I liked Sibley as a batsman. But yeah, let's bring him in and be a bit more proactive as opposed to bring him into the squad, waiting for one of these to, to screw up and then bringing him in. Um, the only other reason I said I don't like this team so much is Crawley at three, just because I've got bad memory. Like, He's found a bit of form in, in the white ball stuff, but I just watching him in a test kit at the minute really jars with me. And then I don't know who to bring in for him. Do you know what that, I, I, <laughs> that was I'm, my I'm question? Here. Yeah. Uh, who comes in like John, Johnny Bears though? Oh, do we? My, well, my, my thinking was, is obviously out of the top three, the person you drop is Crawley above, above Sibley. But I don't think, I don't have any history of any of Burn Sibley or Hamid batting at three. Oh. I know the top three is, you know, that's the top order, but I don't know. None of those players sit right as a number three for me, but Crawley, I think Sibley would feel a bit hard done by to be dropped if Crawley's in the team, even though I think it's more likely to go that's a good way. Point. That's a really good point. Because I think Crawley's been in worse than Sibley, really, hasn't he? He got out really horribly in the New Zealand Test matches. Um, one other thing was really interesting, and it, you know, it, it kind of brings us the full circle with the earlier mention of the hundred in the pod. These players, right, who a lot of whom we're relying on to do exceptionally well against India, who are a fantastic team, they have just been teeing off in the shortest format of all that we play in England. It'd be really interesting. So I was just looking at Crawley's scores. I was like, wow, he's got sixty forty ways in form. That's all in the hundred. And it's quite a shifting gears to be doing that in front of fans and you've got the fanfare excitement. Suddenly, you know, you've got some excellent India seamers bowling at you. Um, Will will be there for that for the first day of the first test. And like that's just a whole different beast. And I think it, it, it might have done. This isn't a criticism of 100 at all. It would be really interesting to see how they cope with that transition between formats. Yeah. And which one of these English players um, has 100 against these Indian bowlers? in recent times Haseeb Hamid Haseeb Hamid does like and it wasn't it was it was a slightly weakened India side but you had Bumrah you had Siraj was bowling beautifully in that you had most of the team and he faced them all and faced yeah. brilliantly so that's it I mean Zach's obviously referring to the 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 counties game they played up in is it Durham about a week ago where Hamid got 100 and Jack Carson got a wicket. The young Sussex winner got Pujara stump, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, 
I think those front three are going to get another go. It'll be interesting how long they get. I like Crawley more. I'd like to see him just give him the five test matches. And like, if it goes disastrously, that's it. Uh, Burns for me safe and happy and well. I think he's featuring the captain probably. Um, And then it's just simply Crawley on the chopping block in that for me. And it'll be interesting to see if Lawrence comes in or if they play Curran. Um, Yeah, we're all on the same page there. Will, we haven't heard from you yet on this England team. Help us out. What are your thoughts? I think dropping Sibley feels harsh. Personally, I don't think I'm not sure yeah, either. Uh, I, I'm not sure I hear more Burns have really done anything to deserve either a drop or a future England captain nod. You've got Hamid. Yes, that was sorry, that was a bit key. <laughs> but you've got Hamid bashing the door down. I think we're desperately trying to find a way in for him. Is the excuse I'm yeah. going to give us? Oh, we we absolutely are, and I am a fully paid up member of the bashing the door down for Hamid train. So ha- perfectly happy with that. If I was going to go with either of them, I mean, as somebody who in this series would like England to fail. Um, I'd probably do what you've done. But I think where I support <laughs> England, I'd probably stick with Sibley and drop Burns if I was going to do one of the two. And then Crawley probably is your most natural three. The problem for the England team is not so much that the top order is, isn't is hugely settled because it sort of is. like it, it kind of writes itself. It's just that there's no level of confidence in the people who pick themselves to that position, probably by a lack of competition for those places so maybe just on that grounds alone you bring him in and see if he's really good just because it'll stir up the competition there just sort of you know put the fire under them a little bit get them on the hot seat because i think that's such a good point that i write these three down and i have for the past 18 months 12 months straight away when i do my 11s yet none of them are in form or have inspired me greatly or any of us in the past 12 months so isn't that quite a weird dynamic so yeah bring bring a guy in get them all on their toes a little bit and see if that inspires a bit of form. Burns did score 100 against New Zealand. So I think for me, that's hence, kind hence of why he's my captain when Root it's, it's, it's saved his summer. I think the, the captaincy shout is, you, you've made it before and I've, I've, not, I've not backed it. I still don't back it now. I mean, I saw, we saw him commanding his Surrey team to, you know, 300 for three or whatever in the field. He was unbelievable. He was a, you know, a giant among, well, he's actually quite small, isn't he? Um, I don't know. That, 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 that's for a different podcast. And then, yeah, that last debate will be between, you know, you could bring Lawrence in at six extra batsmen. Zach, was that in your ECB team or in the one you want to see team? That was in your ECB team, wasn't it? They'll go Lawrence. Yeah. Butler at seven. I do like Butler at seven. I just like Sam Curran. I think he's, you know, Golden Harmony. For my what I wanted team, I tried to find a way to drop Zach Crawley. <laughs> it would it would be for Johnny Bairstow, and we can uh, chat about him for a bit because he can't come in at three because of his technical issues um, that we've we've talked a lot about. And wouldn't it be better if he was just playing for the Welsh Fire for the next four weeks and entertaining us a little bit more rather than carrying the drinks? I know this is a COVID issue, and normally they'd announce their twelve or thirteen and send the others back, but also. If that was the case, he wouldn't be because he's the backup keeper. So I don't really understand what he's doing there. Well, and also it's not particularly a COVID issue because they've confirmed they're not doing full biosecure bubbles in the way they did last summer. Oh, really? So there's sort of there's, there's no reason that he can't. There's just no reason why he can't be, go back. Be in Cardiff and get the train down to Nottingham if he needs to. That would work because he ain't going to get into this team, and you know there's no way to squeeze him in. And there is no option at three. What about Hamid at three? I know we just spoke about it briefly, and and the number three position is such like a. You have to have the vibe, you know, a Pujara. You, it, it, but can we can we bin that for a bit and just try and get an informed batsman squeezed in there? I, I would kind of feel like it's a classic thing England do, and it's what they did to James Bracey. Oh, hi, James Bracey. It's your first game. Let's play. Let's bat you somewhere you don't bat, and then when you fail, we'll then bat you in your position. But you're already under pressure. You're wicket keeping, yes. which you sometimes <laughs> do as well. Oh yeah, now. You're you're sacked off. You're never going to play for England again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a fair point, you know. And as a man who hasn't played cricket since I was about fourteen, properly, I don't know what it's like to not bat in the position. Well, when I batted at eight, anyway, it didn't matter. So yeah, that's a very fair point, Zach. I think it's also worth. I don't, I don't think we have touched on it, but to really underline um, his resilience as a batter, I think one of the it might have been the the season straight after he was basically binned off by England was averaging about eight. Eight yeah. runs in the county when championship. He was at, when he was at Lancashire, was it? Yeah. And then, he, just, and then he moved to Notts this season, right? 
I mean, I mean, that is just extraordinary. And the fact that we're literally, you know, four of us are basically advocating for, for him to be in the team without upsetting someone else's feelings. That's kind of all we're worried about at the minute. We don't really want to, you know, make Sibley or Crawley feel terrible because they've put a lot of effort for England and they've had some highlights. But the fact that four of us basically unanimously want him in the team after a season of that average and the fact that, you know, he's obviously had good people around him and good coaches, but he has just forced himself back into contention. I mean, just can't forget that. It's extraordinary he's on this podcast because he could easily have dropped out of the game. And I mean, I really hope that we see him at some point in the series. I've got to think he's going to get a game at some point in the series, right? Unless um, unless Burns and Sibley suddenly start knocking out 100, That's true. 100 opening stands, which are quite That's rare. That's true. But it was a good point, though. I remember not that long ago reading the piece about him moving to Knots and someone saying, right, this is time to knuckle down again and see what he can do. And now we're having this conversation. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's the England team. I love the bowling attack, and then the batting can be the batting, can't it? We'll have to see come Wednesday. Uh, and as as we said, Will will be there for that at, at Nottingham. Let's talk about India then. Will I've mentioned you? We've mentioned India playing in Sri Lanka at the minute, not doing so well. How are they going to do here? And this won't be in in the edit the listeners are listening to, but I did say at the start quite what I thought was an uncontroversial selection for this India 11. And Zach looked at me like I'd picked his mum to bat three for India. So what have we got? Well, I'll give you my 11. I did have Shaw in opening again, but for the fact you just mentioned uh, he can't make it at least the first couple. So Sharma and Mayank opening, Pujara at three, Kohli at four, Rahane at five, Pant six, Jadeja, Ashwin, Siraj, Shami, Ishant. So I've I've dropped Jasper Bumrah. I, I don't think it's that, that deep. I just don't think D- it's that deep. So so Dan, to be absolutely clear, you're not doing what Glenn did, which is forget Virat Kohli. You you've have, chosen not to have Bumrah. I've chosen I have chosen not to have Bumrah. He is okay. he is he's like he's down like he's the next man written down, and I've chosen not to have him. And I don't is that that big a deal, Will? It is, but look on everybody's face. Well, I've never seen insane. this on the pod. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not a huge deal in that, you know, he's not in the best form of his career and and you have just listed three very, very acceptable fast bowlers. Um, and therefore, the sort of opportunity cost of not have, having him in the side is probably not that high. Uh, but it is also completely mad because he's clearly the best of them. OK, fine. The man, the man has played 18 test matches and taken 84 wickets. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm struggling to defend myself now. Um, you're you know, you're not struggling. Dom Sibley's got, got a Test hundred, but I don't want him in the team right now. Right now. He's compared Bumrah to Sibley. It's all power. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. Dad, I'd not, not only are you struggling to make an argument, you've just you've not offered one. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Vibes, Will. Vibes. How about vibes? <laughs> let's 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 look back to the most recent Test match he played in the UK, which is uh, against New Zealand in that World Test Championship final. And he looked pretty average, really, didn't he? Um, and we were all clambering for, for Siraj to come in. Can we agree Siraj is very good? Yeah, and we want him in the team. And he's just the one of, he's the sacrificial lamb, as it were. I just want him gone. Maybe it's because an England fan, I don't want to see him bowl against that, that top three we've just debated about. Maybe it's just a slight bias. Um, but go on, boys. Give me, what would you have as that your, your three seamers for, for the India 11? Because there's four really good seamers there. We're we're in agreement there. I'm so my eleven is obviously. I think the top eight is is locked in. Well, the openers is interesting. Top eight is locked. The top eight is probably locked in because of COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, we could have had or injury as well. We could have had Gill. We could have had Shaw. But other than that, I think they're pretty locked in. I've gone Shami, Bumrah, Siraj. I think Siraj has to play between Shami and Ishan. It's difficult. But then Bumrah also has to play. I thought Siraj looked the best in that county select eleven game. So I have, I have exactly the same bowling attack as Zach for pretty much exactly the same reason. Um, and we love Siraj in English conditions. We think, even though we've not really seen it, but I'm I'm oddly confident that he'll do well. I I, I have to say I was I have I, ever since we knew the series was happening, I have been saying Bhuvneshwar Kumar with confidence as though he would a play and b do very well um and he's not here because he's in sri lanka um and i don't think he's due to get on a plane anytime soon so well that that shows where he's at in the india selectors minds right he's just not like i know he he 
he just swings the ball. Love, he's just lovely, isn't he? He's just lovely to watch. He's a great swing bowler, but he's clearly not in the minds if 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 he's in Sri Lanka right now, right? Yeah. Well, I think they they see him as a, a bit more of an, an ODI specialist now. He's found his sort of Chris Wokes role. Um, and also, they needed somebody who's not a child to be in that squad. It's, it's him, vice captain, and Shikhar Dhawan as captain. Oh, okay, uh, fair. His children. fair. Um, but I do disagree with Zach because I don't think our top eights are exactly the same. I don't think that's completely settled. And I think it hinges on whether or not, or it hinged on, because I think this decision is now made, whether or not Pant was going to be ready for the first game. It sounds like he now is, which I think means you can stick him at six, keep him as wicketkeeper, which means you don't need a Kale Rahul. However, after his century in the warm-up game, I think he is still above the mic in the pecking order. So I'm having him opening oh, with Rohit Sharma. That's a, that's a really interesting choice, actually. Choice. I, 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 I did my 11 and then wrote down the players that are in the squad, but not in that 11. I saw Rahul and thought, just no. But I think that's, a, that's an interesting argument. Can I both say as well, before you come in, Zach, Neither you, you've both dropped a man with 306 international wickets and a better batting average than Jasper Brummer. You have to go at me, Jasper Brummer's got 86 wickets. Ishan Sharma's got 306. That is a larger number than 80 something. <laughs> oh, wow. He's finally found an argument. It's only taken him yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, the entire He's been right? thinking about it for at least an hour. Oh, yeah, no, I do agree, Will. And we spoke, we spoke in our group chat about. Rahul playing and I th- I thought it was just going to be for I thought Rahul and Mike were going to play before Pant it came up that Pant is over COVID was the was the line from Will McPherson which I think we're all kind of over COVID was uh, someone's reply yeah, I'm not going to claim that <laughs> yeah so um but yeah Rahul did get that century in in that um county select 11 game he looked good in that but, it, you know, the bowling attack, I can really see him, as I said to you in chat as well, Will, that he's a classic batsman that Stuart Broad is just going to terrorise for a summer. I can really see Rahul being that batsman. He's never going to recover from it. So I, I, I'm not going to lie. Part of me would really like to see that, but maybe maybe not the best thing for the India side. The thing yeah. is, I think I think my uncle would be exactly the same, wouldn't he? And to be fair, Vihari, if he gets a game... He he's getting traumatized. There's no doubt there's, about that. There's just a few Indian batsmen. I think that's such a good point you made, Zach, about just one of them that looks like they're going to have a bad time in England. Rahul has that exact vibe about him. He looks a little bit scared when he comes out to bat. He's just going to start nicking off, and then he's just exposed for, for a month. Yeah, I think, and I, and also like we're not even speaking about the fact that obviously Rohit Sharma famously has a terrible average anywhere outside of India. And maybe he's changed. Maybe he's a better batsman. I feel like there's some talk about him maybe being better outside of India now. But, I, you know, I still think he could also get terrorised. And that's that's not great. You know, Pajara coming in with uh, with India, you know, five for one. Mm. A couple of times. I, mean, I don't like I don't like to criticise Sharma because he scares me. He can go and like hit 200 off 150 and be like, well, like he did that one. That one match in India, where he got a hundred really quickly in like in, in a really low scoring game. So he scares me. I don't want to don't want to jinx it. Uh, players on the periphery, obviously Bumrah, he's on the periphery. Um, Axel Patel, who terrorised me personally and and all of England for um, the the late winter, early spring of this year. I, I don't see how he forces way into this team really, uh, despite how good he was in India. There's there's, there's no room for manoeuvre in that seven and eight position, is there? I think the thing is, is that when Jadeja was injured for that series, it gave an opportunity to a few more players because uh, because Jadeja, well, Jadeja's batting is just so much better than any of the other options for that number seven spot. Like Axel Patel played really well in that series, but his batting's nowhere good as nowhere as good as Jadeja's, and he's not going to knock out Ravi Ashwin, even though he had a good series. Ravi Ashwin is, you know, arguably the best off spinner in the world so he's going to play and we saw him play in English conditions granted it was a spin friendly English conditions at the Oval and he he wasn't so good when we watched him but in the day four he absolutely tore through Somerset so yeah I can see well not that not that they're going to prepare spinning wickets but if they were to prepare any wicket that offers a little bit Ravi Ashford's going to be the man to make the most of it. It's a shame that Washington Zundar is injured because somebody on this podcast, I don't know if they want to own up to this, said he should be opening in tests. I think it's you, Dan. 
Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not Glenn Is Kane. That, that's young Zach over there. Yeah, no? I, just love, I just love him. I've always said, for me, he's the future number five for India. Once Rahane goes, he's the future number five. Okay. I've Glenn, said that, did yeah. You, did you say Washington should open? Did Tim did say not. it? No. I'm, 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 I'm going to scroll so through the group not. chats for these receipts. Yeah, do uh, do like word, like <laughs> search for words. Washington should open. Um yeah, it's a shame he's not there. But again, I just don't think he would have forced away into his team, this team anyway. Um, how do these two teams match up then, boys? What are your sort of... Let's just go into predictions. It, it feels to me like it's going to be quite close. India on paper are a better side, but we're in England now. And as, I was, as I've been pleading for since February, we need revenge. We need green seamers. We need, we need low cloud and it to be muggy and for Anderson to just rip it around corners. But I think these I think these match up quite well. I think both batting lines are susceptible. I think both bowling attacks are exceptional, and that 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 has got me excited for a good series. I think. Do we agree or disagree with that? I agree. I think the weather's going to come into play, um, and I think there's going to be a couple of draws slash no results over the course of the five tests. Um, it's a really really hard one to call. I think both teams will pretty much I don't want to use the word certainly but I'm pretty confident that both teams will win a game I kind of had two two in my head but I also think there's going to be multiple draws which means really I've got to pick a two one which I'm struggling to do I think I think that just naturally home conditions makes me lean towards England but it's a pretty fearsome India team we've just discussed and I really to flip a coin to be honest I think it's a really nice matchup but yeah, and they're going to be angry after losing that final to New Zealand. I think there is a real desire to win this series um, from Coley and, and Co. So I, I can see it going 2-1 either way. It doesn't help. What are you guys thinking? I'll try and make my mind up as you, whoa, as you whoa. go. No, no, no. Before we let you stop, is it England or India winning 2-1, Glenn? We've, we've already had Zach park himself on the fence earlier. We can't uh, two people. The fence will break. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll get off. But 2-1 England, two draws. Nice. Okay. Perfect. I mean, feel free to come to me next, but I I have the same opinion as Glenn. I was going to go two one England. I was again. I wasn't sure, maybe two two. But looking at how late that Old Trafford test is and how much it rains in Manchester, that tenth of September start, there's yeah. absolutely. I'd be shocked if there's a result there. It's because they've prepared the greenest wicket in the world. It's finishing crazy late this series, isn't it? Um, and I think I want to kind of bring this up in the hundred chat, but. Athers was doing his first 100 game yesterday on Sky and he spoke about the main issue in cricket right now is fixture congestion. There's probably a whole special on that. But anyway, it is a bit late. I just don't see there being two draws simply because even the New Zealand game that was played at Lords that had a day of washout and a little bit extra. And I know there was a, a bold declaration, but that nearly got a result. We're in England. I think we only need, we only need four days to get a test match result. I was going to say 2-1 England as well, so that's boring. However, yeah, okay, the weather is supposed to get a little bit better from next week. It's supposed to be fine for most of August, I'm told, reliably. So 5-0 so India. Um, so, 3-1 <laughs> nah. England. Nice, well, I've, got, I've gone 3-1 England. I think that there might be a draw. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. If we got all five results. We've all got England wins there. Yeah, and looking, I just, that's mad. Even Will's gone 3-1. Sorry, Will. Can I just Should I change brain? mine to be interesting? Yeah, if you want, mate. Yeah. I'll, I'll change the two-two just out of two just two. out of, just to make it interesting. Says the man who thought Tammy Beaumont was going to have the most runs uh, in the hundred this year. Um, Will, I want to pick your brain a bit on why you think India are going to lose three Test matches. That's a better team than losing three in England, isn't it? I think there's a huge amount of chaos between the COVID self-isolating and the injuries. There aren't. It's not a full squad available because there are, you know, all of these sort of. Pretty sure, and Bhuvneshwar are almost certainly not going to make it back in time. Maybe one or two tests at best. I'm still not a hundred percent sold, even on on the top six for India. We we talk about it like it's so good because it's extremely deep, and you've got top level talent. You know, two or three players for almost every position. But we also have to remember that if if the opening pair is what any of us have picked, that'll be the third or fourth different opening partnership this year for India. It's not hugely set. No one has a great record in England at all. Um, and I'm still traumatised by, it must be three summers ago now, 
2018 summer. Yeah, 2018 yeah. summer being, yeah. being being torn apart by Sam Curran. Yeah. That, you know, when, <laughs> when being he torn thrown, apart by Sam Curran. Who'd, which, who'd have thought that, eh? It's an experience you don't recover from, which, which suggests, <laughs> I think, as Zach says, there are a fair few batsmen in that lineup who, you know, they are not going to enjoy facing Broaden Anderson. Yeah, definitely. I think you have the same PTSD I have from the tour in India uh, from this year, and that's perfectly fine. Okay, so I've gone 3-1 England, Glenn's gone 2-1 England, Zach's gone Desmond 2-2, and Will is 3-1 England. So that's our predictions. Let us know what you think. It's an exciting month or so ahead of Test Cricket, and we'll obviously have the 100 running alongside it. The County Champs is supposed to start again at some point. I couldn't tell you when exactly. Uh, and of course, the Royal Under One Day Cup is going on all the time, as it should be. And I think it's on YouTube if you want to go and sit and watch that. Um, so that will about wrap it up for this week. Um, enjoy the cricket, enjoy the hundred, enjoy this test series. We'll be back. When we'll be back. I guess after the first test, right? Something like that. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. I'll say goodbye to the boys. Will, I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Glenn, safe trip back to America. Um, we'll speak to you once again once you're in the middle of you know the heartland. Yeah, I've just been informed that our Wi-Fi and my new place might not be up and running till till August seventeenth. So I'm gonna have to find oh, like nice. a really quiet cafe to try and <laughs> sneak and I'll, I'll you have to turn up my volume because I'm gonna be whispering into the mic for my my portion of the next test. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an ASMR special for the first time <laughs> you. I think it's, I'm I, whispering in Starbucks. I also want some added visual content of all the confused Americans in this shop trying to work out what he's talking about. I come in wearing my full England kit as well. I buy the shorts for it and everything. It's English nothing. In white. I turn up in white to the cafe. Pop, With pop a pad of hat. The box, yeah. <laughs> With them. Yeah, yeah, padded up. <laughs> Can I get a flat white, please? <laughs> <laughs> any listeners who are in Iowa, please look out for a, a bumbling Englishman talking about cricket in any local cafe. Um, <laughs> uh, and Zach, any, any cricket in the next coming weeks that people look forward to? I've got training tonight, but I don't. I'm. You no, know, I didn't ask for your life story. Are you playing any cricket? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have dinner soon. <laughs> no, to be honest. I'm not playing this weekend. Okay, no worries. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll hear from it soon. Then what are you having for dinner out of interest? You've you piqued my interest now. Uh, a little pie, I reckon. You know, a decent English pie. milk for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Keep, keep it nice in English before you fly fly <laughs> to America again. Right, let's end the podcast. End the podcast. Fun. End the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week and enjoy the cricket. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.